Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their three- to ten-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, good morning. Thanks for joining us. A pleasure to have you with us, as always. Um, I uh, have been working very hard here, uh, and all of us have at Exit Coach Radio, on producing materials, books, uh, audio content that you can use to be well-planned. And we've just finished up something called Business Continuity, Five Steps to Protect Your Family. It's an ebook. It's about 30 pages long, and you can get it at no cost by texting FAMILY, the word FAMILY, on your phone to 44222. And I hope you'll take advantage of that. We're very serious about protecting your family as a business owner. My guest today is Ken Major uh, of Major Strategies in San Francisco. Ken is a phenomenal speaker. He's, uh, he's a, in the group Vistage, and he is very, very well um, known in that. And uh, look, uh, if you want to run your business, you got some choices on how you're going to run it. <clears throat> but what you really want to look at is your values-based leadership and your values-driven corporate culture. You've got to get your values right and drill that down throughout your business. And that's what Ken's going to talk to us about. So I'm very pleased to have him on the show. Ken, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Hey, Ken, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you uh, came to start Major Strategies. Well, my background is kind of a little bit eclectic, or maybe not eclectic so much. It's kind of two parts. One is education, and the other is in business consulting. Uh, I was a college professor for a number of years. I was on the faculty at Indiana University in Bloomington, and then I was at the University of California, San Diego. But I always did a lot of consulting, and uh, after you know, many years of doing both, I had to make a choice and went out into the real world to be a full-time consultant, and that's what I've done ever since. But I've always been interested in the teaching learning aspect of, of how you work with businesses. Everybody has to deal with change and grow their businesses or they'll, or they'll just go away. And over the years, I've become more and more interested in this idea of corporate values and how values drive behavior. That, of course, is what culture is all about. The best definition of corporate culture that I know is it's the way we do things around here. And if you think about values as a driver of behavior, then you can see that values very much impact how people react, act in an, in an organization, both with their colleagues and peers and, of course, with their customers and their vendors and everybody else. So the, I've just gotten more and more interested in this over, over the years. It's really kind of interesting when I first started talking about values and developing my, my procedures over the years, 10, 15 years ago, people would roll their eyes and say, oh, the soft stuff. And the reality is values, it's the hard stuff getting people aligned in that organization and leading those people based upon a common set of values that everybody in the organization understands, believes in, and then helps them to pull together to make the company more uh, productive and, and, and more profitable. And the evidence is clear that strong corporate cultures, especially those driven by a set of core values, uh, makes a difference in, in the bottom line. I, I totally agree. <clears throat> 
And listeners out there, if you think that that's just kind of uh, not important, think about this. Um, you know, we're, we're all we're all tribal at some portion at some point in our backgrounds. And you carried, you know, you probably stood behind a flag of some kind. That flag was an indication of values, and people want to gravitate towards values that they. Uh, feel and believe in it. And we're seeing that big time with the millennials coming up these days. They're saying, you know, what's important to me is is who I'm working for and what they stand for. But I think that's always been important. Wouldn't you agree, Ken? I think it's always been important, but it hasn't been as um, much in the forefront as it is today and kind of articulated more. And you're right, the millennials are saying, well, I'm not so sure though, that I need to have what my parents had. I really believe that other things are more important, the environment and, and uh, things that are uh, issues of the day. And, and those issues of the day are cultural. So uh, I think as the culture evolves and is evolving and as the, the world is shrinking and you see the impact of different cultures as they try to assimilate one within the other, and often that produces conflict. So if you've got a strong set of values that you believe in, my contention is you ought to think about those values in the context of where you work. Uh, and one of the things that I like to point out to people is that there are 168 hours in a week. Simple little mathematical formula there. And okay. if you think about the number of hours that you sleep, the number of hours that you commute, eat, take care of other kinds of things, and you see how many hours are left, you'll find that if you spend 40-plus hours a week working, it's obviously the biggest part of your life. And if you're going to spend the biggest part of your life in an environment they fit into or you don't like because the, the culture and the values are not compatible with your own, you ought to really think about whether or not that's a good idea. And so this idea of having your values mesh with the values of an organization is what makes people happy, more productive, and, and stick around in an organization rather than leave. How do the values of a company differ from their mission statement or their goals? Well, I think a mission, when I put together, I've got a, a paradigm that shows the values of the foundation of the company. And the next thing you develop after you have a set of values, uh, and that those, by the way, define who we are. And then you say, well, if we know who we are, then how do we do things around here? And that's our culture. And those are driven by the values. Quick example, if you're, um, if you're in a grocery store and the grocery clerk gives you $20 too much change, what do you do? When I ask that question, most people say, well, I give it back. And then your youngster standing there says, Dad, why would you give the money back? And you say, well, it's not the right, it wouldn't be mine to keep it. It would be like stealing. The money belongs to the store, not to me. And you see this little, this little teaching session that's going on, and you realize that's an honest person because the person does honest things. And so when you, when you think about it at all, those actions you take each day are a reflection of your values. Uh, Aristotle said, uh, you are what you do, or I am what I repeatedly do. Well, what you do mm -hmm. is a function of your value. So it's really important to be in sync with the organization. So the second step is to go ahead and define the culture of the organization based upon how you want people to behave in the organization. Then, now you know who you are, the foundation, you know how you do things around here, the culture, then you can ask the questions, where are we going? And uh, the questions, where are we going, include strategic goals, the mission statement, the vision statement. And that's step number three. And then now that we know who we are and how we do things, where are we going? And then step four is how are we going to get there? And that's your strategic plan. 
But you can't start your strategic plan. A lot of companies say, well, we're going to go off-site for, uh, for two days. We're taking our best people, and we're going to come up with a strategic plan. Well, if you haven't answered the questions who we are and how we do things, you can't answer the questions where we're going and how we're going to get there. So th- this whole fundamental basis of, of corporate culture based upon a set of values that everybody in the organization is brought into is very powerful. Yeah, it makes makes a ton of sense. And let me ask you a question: If if a company is saying, you know what, I I buy into that, we ought to we we haven't done that right in the past. We need to get started doing that. How can our listeners evaluate whether they have a healthy company culture and determine if they fit into their company's culture? It's a great question. I've grappled with that question a lot over the years, and I've come up with a new twelve question quiz. And the quiz is called, uh, you know, it's about how you determine whether you fit into an organization and how does your company stack up in terms of values. And uh, if anybody wants a quiz, I'm happy to send it to them. All they have to do is send me an email if they please send me the 12-question quiz on corporate, uh, corporate health, and I'd be happy to send it to them. Can I just give you my email address? Yeah, of course. Okay, my email address is Ken, K-E-N, at KenMajor.com, and that's spelled K-E-N-M-A-J-E-R.com. And uh, just send me an email saying you'd like to have the quiz about how your company stacks up in terms of culture, and I'll be happy to email that. Uh, gosh, if I get a whole bunch of these, am I going to be able to answer them all? I'll do my best. Well, uh, I don't know if you'll get flooded today, but maybe when this hits the uh, the, the worldwide Internet, maybe, some, maybe you'll get uh, people checking in with you and I hope they will because I think it's so important that you define these are you know I've been back east uh, to the Outer Banks in North Carolina and because of the tidal situation they build their houses on these pilings right we've all Mm -hmm. seen those pictures it seems to me that these values are the pilings Uh, you know they don't have a true foundation the foundation is, is below the ground but they're driving these pilings in to build their house on top of and let me ask you a question. You've, you've done this a lot. How many, how many values does a company adopt without it being overwhelming? It should, should this be memorable? And, and the second part of that is how should they adopt that? Should they involve their employees in this discussion to come up with this together so there's a buy-in? Two good questions. Let me answer the, the second one first. Yes, you can involve everybody in the company. I've done this with huge companies. I've done this with small mom and pop. If it's a small company, you can do it with all hands meetings or small group meetings. If it's a large company, you might do it with a you know, survey monkey or monkey survey, whatever it is, and, uh, or email uh, email survey. But you need to have everybody involved in the selection of the values and the definition of the values and the articulation of what behaviors people expect of themselves and others in the organization. So one way or the other, everybody's got to be uh, participate in, in this activity if you expect to get the buy-in that you, that you need to have. And the second thing, the number of values. The process that I use, we generate sometimes 100 different values. Then we go through a process where we multi-vote and get the people in the organization to decide what are the most important ones for us in this company. For example, uh, integrity is frequently a value that people like to uh, uh, include in their values list. And the integrity for a high-tech company in Silicon Valley might be different than integrity for a doors and windows manufacturer in Canada. And those are two real examples 
value and my client list. And so you define the values based upon what your needs are in your organization. And then the number, you can generate lots of values, but the number, I like to come up with five. Five is good. If you have six, oh, okay. Seven, seems like it's a little yeah. too many for people to remember. Three and four aren't quite enough. The ideal number is five. If you can come up with an acronym to help people remember that, that's always a good idea as well. One of my most recent uh, clients came up with the acronym ERIC, E-R-I-C-C-H, and it's spelled out those are the first letters to be to the values. And they happen to be six values, but they have the Eric Award. They have uh, they talk about Eric. Well, that's not very mm. Eric-like, or maybe what would Eric say? Mm, so mm-hmm. it becomes part of the culture. It becomes part of the fabric of the organization if you can in some way uh, get people to articulate and talk about the values. It's not enough to just put the values on the wall. It's not right. enough to define them. You need to transfer those into the behaviors in the organization. And, of course, that that becomes an excellent training module for new people coming in. I guess you could have a What Would Eric Say campaign there. Sure. <laughs> Maybe something yeah, like absolutely. that. Absolutely. But, but, well, but why not? That. Yeah. yeah. No, of course why not. No, 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 very definitely. And as a matter of fact, um, you, know, you can use a set of values and you know, take the Eric again. Uh, when people are interviewing for the company, and you can talk about them. One of my favorite questions is, oh, what do you love to do when you're not working? And you can drill down on what the person loves to do, and you can determine in a heartbeat what their values are. And then you can say, well, gee, this person's really going to fit nicely in the organization. So you can use it for recruitment. You can use it for selection. You can use it for reinforcing people with the appropriate performance reviews. I always have my, my organizations, my clients, build the values into the uh, performance reviews. So performance mm-hmm. review once a year, once a quarter, whatever it is, not only are you doing your job well, but how are you doing it? Are you consistent with our values? And so, and you can select vendors based upon whether or not the values are the same as yours. So if there are multiple uses for a matrix of values and behaviors that we develop to uh, help the organization constantly be aware of how important it is to keep the culture uh, yeah, I top get, of mind. Yeah. I get it. I, it makes a lot of sense. And of course, I'm thinking also, of course, in just general employee meetings, you could ask for an example of of the values in action. You know, I mean, there, there's just tons of ways to reinforce that. And it, it's it is so important. It's it's like the badge, you know, the, the badge the sheriff wears is, is what it's all about. It's uh, your the, the badge of honor for the company. You know, uh, when when companies are are wrestling with this, what's some of the pushback that you get before they realize how important this is? What are some of the reasons they say, well, the reason we haven't done this before is X? Well, the pushback, um, I don't get a lot of pushback these days because it's a real practical approach and people can relate to it. And when you involve everybody, they, they kind of get it. But the, uh, the the pushback you get in any kind of a program where you're going to change things, if you can change the culture, for example, the pushback you get is because people don't like change. And we go through a number of exercises helping people understand uh, not only that they're going to resist change and everybody resists it one way or the other, but also we go through a part of our program which is how do you deal with people who are resisting? And people say, well, you know, we don't, we don't do that, do it that way around here. Or uh, I've been doing this for 20 years, and to try and change it and use some other way of doing it now doesn't make sense to me. And some people have got to be really honest. When you go through a change program, whether it's a new technology or a new sales system or marketing program or establishing a new culture, 
there'll be some people who won't be able to adapt. They'll just they'll take their early retirement or some other way out, especially in large organizations. I've had situations where people say, you know, I'll take early retirement because um, I've, I've been doing this. I didn't, I didn't come here to do things differently. I like the way I've been doing it. I think it's time for me to come. But so sometimes people just get a, a little bit overwhelmed by change. But the real issue that you're talking about is everybody resists change. So we have to spend time talking about how you deal with change when people are resisting. And that, by the way, uh, those are, we have exercises that show people how to be empathic. We have exercises that show people how to uh, get in the other person's shoes so they can help them mm-hmm. understand why the change is good. Ken, if you had a, uh, four people in front of you, a 25-year-old, a 35-year-old, a 45-year-old, and a 55-year-old, let's say, and mm-hmm. and you were to to guess what value word you think they're going to uh, grab onto, what, 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 what word would you assign most likely off the top of your head to each of those four people? I'd probably assign the same word, and I would get it from them. But I can, I can answer your question as well because I've done this so many times. I know what, which kind of words always come up. But before we do that, it's really important to understand that the values come from the people. They don't come from me. I'm a facilitator. And so mm-hmm. it's about being able to tease the values out of them. So I would ask each of those four people independently, what do you love to do when you're not working? And I would drill down and say, well, why do you like that? How does it make you feel? And drill down until I could say, very clearly say, huh, so you like to uh, play sports and uh, basketball who are your favorites. And uh, I can drill down with more questions to find out that competition is really important. Or mm-hmm. integrity, as 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 in, in, in like the person of Stephen Kirk, uh, the you know the Golden State Warriors, who is a very famous guy right now in basketball. And part of it is his humility. That's a value. His integrity. That's a value. So what you do is you get it from each person. Now to answer your question about the younger people, you know, you know it comes across just about everybody in and around the the sense of honesty, integrity, and respect, particularly respect. People want to be chosen. Um, people want to choose values that make them feel as though they're respected and also feel as though they are respectful. So I would say that uh, uh, across all of them would be respect. And then as the younger people you just identified, I think it's going to be uh, uh, personal, uh, personal values about the environment and about bigger issues. With older folks, it's going to be about uh, uh, respect and security. And uh, things of that nature, but that's that's easy to easy to kind of project because the, you know old people go moving into retirement, for example, they've got a different set of, of, of things they're worried about than younger people just trying to see how they're going to impact the world. But it's all based on values. Excellent, excellent. Now, Ken, uh, we only have a couple minutes left, but give us a, a breakdown of, of of some of the books you've written. You've written several books, and you've got a a, re, a report. Uh, available for our listeners also on your website. So give us the rundown there. Sure. Well, the first thing, the major report, I write some very short, hopefully pithy and relevant. Uh, people can go to my website, www.kenmajor.com. Again, that's spelled K-E-N at Kenmajor, K-E-N-M-A-J-E-R.com. And it's got the major report. You can sign up for it. It comes out once or twice a month, just a page. And it deals with the issues, and so that's where I really get sort of my most current thinking uh, in that. But I've also written some books. Uh, I wrote a book with a winemaker called The Williamson Wines, and it's uh, The Williamson Wines 
story is about he applies the values in winemaking and selling. Uh, I wrote a book with a former jet pilot. Uh, his name was Lieutenant Commander Scott Bear, and his call sign was Yogi. And so he, he became a blue angel. And so when I learned about him, I kept knowing And we wrote a book about his personal values and his up and down life until he became one of the premier fighter pilots in the world. I wrote another book for this page, which is called Values in Action. They actually commissioned me to write that book about how values impact companies. And then uh, my first book is called Values Based Leadership. And it's all about what we're talking about today. How do you establish values in a corporation to establish a culture? Excellent. Well, I've been talking with Ken Major of Major Strategies in San Francisco, and Ken is available, obviously, as a speaker. He's an author. He's got some great information available. Just visit his website at www.kenmajer.com to find out. And remember, he has a, a great email about the 12, uh, is it 12 steps to find out your value? Yeah. Twelve questions. Right. Okay. How, how does this call, How does your How does your company stack up? Love it, Ken. It's been a real pleasure. I'm really happy we connected and uh, you were able to come on today. And it's been uh, enlightening. And and I hope our listeners have gotten a lot out of it. I know I have. So I look forward to the next time we speak. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, Bill. My my thanks to you for a very great show. Take care. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. So stay with us. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 